Okay, so today we're going to be wrapping up um, the section of study that we've been going over for the last several weeks now, um, where we've been kind of focusing on kind of key characteristics about God's Word. Um, We've been looking at inerrancy, we've been looking at the authority of Scripture, we've been looking at the clarity of Scripture. Uh, the last two weeks, we've looked at the necessity and sufficiency of Scripture. And today, we're going to kind of take a step back and we're going to take that historical look um, over the history of the church from the time of Christ, the early church, um, the established church during the uh, kind of Middle Ages, the Reformation, and, and kind of the modern era, era that we find ourselves in today. And we're going to ask ourselves... Uh, we're going to kind of take a look back and say, has the church always seen Scripture as being sufficient? Has it always seen it as being something necessary? Has there been any points in church history where these these doctrines have come into question or have, uh, have, have morphed in any way? And uh, I want to, every time we touch on the historical aspects kind of that, that follow up each of these, um, these doctrinal points. One of the things that I want us to continue to, to be focused on is why is it that it's important for us to kind of look back and say, what has the church historically believed in this? Um, the primary reason that I want us to do this is because we should be asking ourselves if we differ from a major portion of church history, why do we differ? Why is it, right? Because I think oftentimes we maybe take for granted how it is that we've come to believe what we believe. And I believe by kind of pressing back into that, that we can get a stronger firmer foundation in what it is that we hold to. Um, so I, I just want to bring that up again, kind of as we get into today and we start looking at this. Um, there's going to be, so we've we've kind of covered most of the scripture that we would cover in in this. So today I, I want to refer us back to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 and 17, uh, Romans chapter 10 um, verses 13 through 17. Um, so, did I say 13 through 17 on the Second Timothy? So, Second Timothy chapter 3, 14 through 17. Romans chapter 10, 13 through 17. And then Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. So, I want to really quickly, before we kind of kick this off, just to kind of look back at these passages of text that we've looked at. Could I get someone to go to Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17? Dustin, would you do that for me? I'm going to volunteer you back there. Okay. And wh- yeah, while Dustin's flipping there, could I, I'll, I'll actually I'll flip to Romans chapter uh, ten verses thirteen through seventeen. Could I get somebody to flip to Matthew chapter four verse four? Um, volunteer anybody? Okay, Brittany, thank you. Um, so go ahead, Dustin, read for us Second Timothy chapter three verses fourteen through seventeen. This is, should not be new. We've actually covered this a couple of different times. This has been a kind of a key place here for us in the text. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3 has been one of those key places that we've looked at. And I want to I ask you all, when you, when you read that 
passage in particular, does that passage make clear to you, right? Does it make clear, not Landon said it should make it clear, but does it make clear to you the necessity, the sufficiency of Scripture, the importance of Scripture for Christian living? Like, should we... Thinking about who's writing it and who he's writing it to, should we consider it important that he thought, "Hey, this is something that I'm gonna that I'm gonna say here, right?" So, is Scripture necessary for us to grow in spiritual life? Is it sufficient for us? Need we look outside of Scripture? Or if we found someone that that all they did was spend every waking moment spending time in Scripture, could we feel? Could we feel confident that they can know God and know Him clearly and know Him rightly? And we wouldn't feel we wouldn't feel at all concerned if they didn't agree with everything that John MacArthur said or everything that whoever your biblical commentary writer that you refer to says. Like, could we feel confident that that the Holy Spirit could guide them as they spend time themselves with God in God's Word? Is Scripture sufficient for an individual to come to true right knowledge about who God is? Yes. Yes. So, is it critically important that you spend time in God's Word yourself? Yes. Is it necessary for you to spend time in God's Word? Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to quote a couple of different people throughout church history that said some specific things. I'm actually going to, I want to jump ahead while we're, while we're here. Um, so, and, and this is, this is kind of, if you were going to place this in a time frame, these, these people would have fell, um, either in early church history or in that, in that kind of area between where early church history, um, ended and the Middle Ages or the early Middle Ages began. So, uh, here's a, here's a quote from one of the, one of the leaders, uh, during that time, uh, Christos, Christostom um, is his name, and this is one one thing that he says about about Scripture. I think this is really well said, really beautifully said. He said, "Just as people who are deprived of daylight stumble about, so also those who do not look to the brilliant light of the Holy Scriptures must frequently and constantly sin because they walk in the worst of darkness." So, if you were just to hear that, I want to read that again. I want I want you to ask yourself: Does this does this guy think that Scripture is important? Um, just as people who are deprived of daylight stumble about, so also those who do not look to the brilliant light of the Holy Scriptures must frequently and constantly sin because they walk in the worst darkness. Would you think that he thinks Scripture is important by hearing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jerome, which we've talked about Jerome in, in a, in a past classes um, this is what he says this is what he says about scripture he says ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ right so so hearing that like if I were to and I'm like how true is that like I want to say that to you today like ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ if you're ignorant of God's word you are ignorant about who Christ is now to say that would you think that I thought that 
Scripture is important, that it's necessary for Christian living, for knowing Christ and what Christ has done, absolutely you should. So, so from Paul writing to Timothy, as Dustin read from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, the necessity of Scripture and spending time in it, and the importance of what it does in the Christian life, um, we also find uh, in Romans chapter uh, 10, I'm going to read verses 13 through... Hold on, let me see. Did I turn to the right place? 13 through 17. Hold on, I turned to the wrong place. Give me a second. what happens when you don't have it written down previously to the class starting. Yeah, yes, go for it. Save me while I'm up here floundering. I'm going to use myself because I'm in that situation. I mean, I read the Bible, but I don't, because of my lack of knowledge of how to study, I don't necessarily study the Bible. Um, and I just found out there's a guy I work with who's an atheist. I found out Friday, and I was talking to him. And uh, long story short, I can't quote scripture like a lot of people can, nor would I want to without the Bible in my hand because I'm going off memory, not what the Bible actually says. So uh, I told him, you know, because of that, I would pray for him and hope that God moves in his life so that maybe... I will be able with a Bible to open it up and show him and guide him and lead him to salvation. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, because of my lack of involvement with the Word and not knowing the proper ways of studying, I just, I found myself in a position I didn't like. Yeah, and now here's the thing, here's a, here's a place where you should draw confidence from what we've been learning about Scripture itself, is that because Scripture is inerrant, because it has authority over us, because Scripture is made to be understood by us, right? That's what we mean when we talk about the clarity of Scripture. That God is not trying to be um, distant and far away. Right? Like He wants to be clear. He wants you to know Him. That's what we mean when we say that Scripture is clear. Right? When we talk about the necessity and sufficiency of Scripture. Like, specifically when we talk about the sufficiency of Scripture. When we think about where we're not and how we get to where we want to be. Right? Like, a lot of times like we think, well, we'll do this or we'll do that or we'll do that. Like, script, when, we, when I say to you that Scripture is sufficient, if that is true, then here's something that should happen if you spend time with it. You should find out that it is enough, right? So, and here's, like, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, like, I don't place a lot of value on, on the ability to remember something rightly because if you're not remembering it and repeating it, repeating it every single day, your brain, just the way that it works, will forget it, right? Like what we should be what we should be concerned with is our ability to rightly open the book and and divide the truth of it, right? And that happens as we get in it, as we spend time with it. And here's the thing, press further in, 
like continue that process, right? No, none of us are where we sh- where we need to be or where we could be. Like we all have room to grow in many different areas. Scripture is sufficient to help us grow there, right? So let's press into Scripture. And when you go to those when you go to those non-believers, when you go to them, like one of the things that will, that will tend to happen, especially in those kind of engagements, is that is that they'll say, "Well, I'm an atheist," this, that, or the other, and then they want to throw five. 500 questions in a, in a sense to overwhelm you. Be like, let's pump the brakes on that. Let's, let's address things one at a time. Build your queue, order it and sort it in the things that are the most important to you, and then I will sit down with you with this book and we will figure it out together. Because if we're right, it has the answers. Right? So. And, yeah, and to, I think, give you a little encouragement. The same thing happened to me. And it was me and Jonathan Gilbreth and my brother. And my brother is not a believer. Um, and he came at me, this was probably 10 years ago. And his question gave me a swift kick in the pants because I had no idea how to respond <laughs> to it. I'm dead serious, man. I was just like deer in the headlights. I wasn't ready for it. And, and it was what it was. And, and I tell you, I, I literally felt like a child of God that was a failure. Okay, so let me give you some encouragement. It's not going to happen overnight, but I decided that day that there would never be another moment where I would use any excuse for not being prepared. And through a day at a time, a day at a time, fast forward 10 years, I'm out in the woods with two people whom I dearly love. It's not my brother, unfortunately. And that same question and string of questions comes at me. And because of those years, daily grind of, of really wanting not just to be able to win an argument because I wanted to know him and I wanted others to know him and that was the goal like it was not it can't be winning an argument like can't be like it's got to be you want people to know Christ and because of that daily grind and preparation and the Holy Spirit moving and setting the memory because I ain't have a Bible in front of me but I'm going to set my mind to know Scripture. And I have no excuse not to. And so in that moment, my heart is prepared and my mind is prepared to share the truth of God's Word and trust that the Spirit's going to do the work that I can't do anyway. And God uses our broken efforts and good intentions to make mountains move. So I would say, like, please be encouraged and, and Use it. Yeah. Use it as the swift kick in the pants. Yeah. Like, use that as a motivation. But at the same time, know that God is going to be faithful and His Word is not going to go out void. So, no. Yeah. Press in. Press in. Press in. So that the next time you get that opportunity, pray for it. Like, you are going to be ready to share the truth of God's Word so that they can know truth and that truth can set them free. Yeah, absolutely. What is your form of study? Because you said you didn't know how to study it. Yeah, everything we do on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and Sunday night is preparing you guys to do that. Yeah. And I think I think part of, part of that process is coming together, right? Like we do we do this so that we can see the patterns that others follow. Like as I teach, you should be not only listening to what I what I say, but you should be examining the way that I approach. Right? When Dustin preaches the same way, like 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 yes, listen to the message. 
But Dustin would rather you become a fisherman than just eat the fish that he's fishing for you, right? So like when Dustin's standing in the pulpit, his 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 method to the, to delivery, like you'll notice, he doesn't preach the same way on Sunday mornings as, as on Wednesdays. Not the same way on Sunday mornings as on Wednesday nights. That's intentional. He's approaching it like that intentionally so that you can get, so that you can see different views, different peaks into that. So observe other, others study patterns. Bring in what works for you. Don't become like Dustin, right? Take the things that Dustin does right and bring them in for yourself. Take the things that Dustin does right that you can apply with, with the way that, you, that your life is, is kind of shaping and the direction that you're going or the interests that you might have. Take those things on. Absorb them in. And like in time, this builds us up, right? In time, this builds us up. But Scripture, here's If we simply, like if we didn't have Dustin, right? If we didn't have teachers and we had God's Word and we could read, if you spend enough time in it, right? And all of us fail in this, right? Don't feel bad if you're like, I think Dustin spends more time in Scripture than me. But someone that Dustin, they're spending more time than me, right? That, like, there's always, there's, you can always do that. You can always compare your place to someone else's place, right? Scripture. Spend time in Scripture. Let your last goal be to know God. Right? And in time, like it is a daily grind. Now now I'm not saying if you missed your daily Bible reading come Monday, then then you're gonna fall off the cliff come Tuesday. But it should be something that you at least realize, hey, I'm missing out on something here, right? Like these quotes that that I just quoted you, these are like these are one hundred percent this is why it rings like so true to me, like ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Like when I hear that I'm like well, what that means for me is that if I want to know Christ more, I need to know the Scriptures more. Right? Because I learn of Christ in the Scriptures. Christ says that the whole thing's about Him. Right? How many of you, until you started hearing that very recently, realized that? How many of you realized that you could go back and find Christ all through the Old Testament? Right? But when you realize that, when you hear that, and you start praying, it's one of those things once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right? And you can like it's like once that clicks in your mind, you're like, well, now now I'm less ignorant in an area, right? Now because of that, I know Christ more. I can explore Christ more deeply, right? So like like every like we should be absorbing these things. Like, like again, like this this quote about walking in darkness. Like I want to read that t- uh, again. Like just as people who walk deprived of daylight stumble about. So if you had no light, how would you trip over every single thing? So also those who do not look at the brilliant light of the Holy Scriptures, that's people who do not see the significance to read Scripture itself, must frequently and constantly sin. How how much easier is it for you to stumble in the same sins when you're spending no time with God? Right? We all know this to be true. The less time we spend in Scriptures, the more time we find ourselves going back to those ways that we once lived in. Right? Is Scripture necessary? Absolutely. Is it sufficient for helping you overcome? Absolutely. Right? This is not something, this, the statements about the sufficiency and necessity of Scripture, they're lined throughout Scripture. Let's, let's look at verse 13 of chapter 10 of Romans. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
and here we go. Verse 14. How then will they call on them who they've not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they've never heard? And how are they, they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Or the word about Christ. So there's a there's a strong tie here between the word of Christ and that preaching, right? You've all heard horrible preaching that was not about Christ, but it was about storytelling. Or it was about being a comedian in a pulpit, right? And you all know the difference between someone who stands up and preaches God's Word and someone who stands up and preaches things they think themselves about God, right? Like you know the difference as a believer because the Holy Spirit speaks through God's Word, right? How will anyone come to believe if we become storytellers? Right? They won't. It's God's Word. God's Word is necessary and sufficient. And God's Word speaks and testifies of itself to this. Did somebody ch- flip to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4? That he answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Where do we find that? In Scripture, in the Bible, you can't how like like Scripture is as necessary as food for the believer. Scripture says that about itself. That's Christ Himself saying that there. That if you think you can live as a believer without God's Word, you are fooled and foolish. Right? You are ignorant. As Jerome said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. So I was John sixteen thirteen and what? First uh, Corinthians two and ten. Absolutely, the Spirit is the teacher. Yes. It's the Spirit. Yeah, it's the Spirit that moves. I'm going to quote for you from one of the reformers. Um, now, y'all are going to have y'all are going to have varying opinions de- depending on where you come from from this. But this is John Calvin that says this about Scripture. He says, "Scripture is the school of the Holy Spirit." 
Just as nothing is omitted that is both necessary and useful to know, so nothing is taught except what is expedient to know. That's what you're. That's he's he's saying there. What you're saying, like it's the spirit that teaches us when we open the book, and this is how we know that it's enough just to read scripture, right? Like this is how we. This is how I can say confidently that if you only had one book and that book was scripture, that you could know God, not just know about God, but that you could know. God and know Him more deeply and more intimately than you could by listening to a thousand sermons preached by a preacher who likes to tell stories because when you read the book the author of the book teaches you. Right? And no like failure. that's so critical. There's no failure. I've heard failure or feeling failure but I think when we feel that way I think we turn that into hallelujah that God is loved us so much that he's calling us to know him more to feel like I need to know him more. Yeah. See, instead of beating yeah. yourself down. And open your eyes to the need. That, oh my goodness, the grace. God of the yeah. universe yeah. has called us yeah. to want him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing grace. better. We can say, okay, we're, you know, we can fail all day long, but never forget yeah. that he loves us so much that, that he wants us to know him and that's why we feel that way. Yeah. You know. And 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 if you open the book and you don't feel that yeah. right? Like like it's possible that there's some that open the book and I don't, like I don't keep opening the book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like keep opening it. Keep opening it. Keep pressing in. You will, right? Like you like God like that's what when we think about the clarity of scripture and, and why we can know that, that God wants to be known is because scripture's clear that he wants to be known. Right? Like he has made himself known to us through his word. Right? So we can know that he wants like when you open the book, if you seek you'll find. If you knock, the door will be opened, right? Like, if you press into Scripture, you will grow in your knowledge, in your understanding, in your admiration of, in your love towards God, if you are a believer. Can't not happen, right? It's impossible for believers to open God's Word and not be spoken to by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, and it's and it's from this that we understand that Scripture is sufficient, and it's also from this that we should understand that Scripture is absolutely one hundred percent necessary for us to live and breathe as believers, right? So don't be bummed out if you feel like, well, to, man, I don't, I didn't spend any time this week in Scripture. You are breathing today, right? God has given you breath to breathe today. Don't be Yeah. Yeah. Don't be downhearted, hearted, heartened, whatever. <laughs> downtrodden <laughs> because you feel that way. Because the spirit's moving in you because he wants you to long for him in that way. He wants you to know him in that way. Pick the book up. Spend time in it. Maybe a little at first, right? Because here's the thing. Like, some people may move quicker than other people, right? Dustin may, when he picks it up, he may get more in five minutes than somebody could get in 
five hours, right? Possible, possible, or it may be the opposite. Dustin may spend so much time in God's Word because Dustin may feel it that he needs more time. Right? 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 Like some people might be able to get it half the time that he does. But there's value in pressing in. Whether you press in five minutes today and ten minutes the next day. Like here's if you press in, you will be drawn in. Right? If you press in, you will be sucked in to this. That's the reality of it. Like as you press in, it is a black hole draws you in. And when you get in its grip, you cannot escape it. Right? You cannot escape it. This is why it's both sufficient and for Christian living. This has been uh, like so. I want us to understand something because this this there was a point at which the church lost sight of this, and there's I would say a significant portion of the church, um, the Catholic Church, who still to this day um, has has been led astray in its understanding. So I think it's very clear from Scripture. That Scripture testifies to its own necessity and sufficiency uh, for Christian living, and if you look through um, the early the early church into the early Middle Ages, which I've quoted a couple, from a couple um, people from those times, I think what you'll find is that the early church held to this same understanding that for Christian living, it was 100% necessary to spend time in God's Word. For a large part of the early church, that was. The Old Testament scriptures supplemented by the New Testament as the New Testament was built out as we press on and the church grows and matures and scripture, uh, New Testament scripture begins to, uh, become more widely available to the church than, than, than it's clear to the church as well that that's, uh, that that's important. A couple of things that I want us to make note of when, when I'm, when I think about like, how would I know if the, if the early church thought that scripture was sufficient, right? Like, if you think that I think Scripture is enough, what would you hear from me when you hear me speak? Right? You would hear Scripture, right? Like if I'm testifying to you that Scripture is enough, and then I'm trying to tell you about God but not using Scripture, are my words backing up, being backed up by my actions? Right? Not at all. But if I say that Scripture is enough and when I speak about God, I use Scripture to speak about God, what would you say then? That I do believe that. I do hold to that. Now here's what we find about the early church. And specifically, I drew this from some of the study that I did um, back when for uh, for building up my, my understanding of... like. The ability to do apologetics well, which is defend the faith well. One of the things that I realized um, in that study was was this idea right here that that the early church, most definitely the leaders of the early church, uh, believed scripture to be sufficient. Um, the the early within this early church era, first couple hundred years uh, of the church um, after the resurrection of Christ, the early church fathers quote the New Testament. Over 36,000 times. Um, they quote from all of the books, all of the books of the New Testament. Um, and with their quotes alone, with the quotes of, and this is a ridiculously conservative estimate too. Some would say as, as high as 75% of the New Testament, but for the sake of, of being able to defend against anyone that pushed back, um, 
uh, I found su- some super conservative that was that was around the 50% of the New Testament could be reconstructed from the quotations of the early church leaders alone, right? What that means is that if you read the writings of the early church fathers, you could find quotations, sufficient quotations to rebuild without the Bible at all, to rebuild 50% at least of the of the the New Testament, right? Like they were quoting it heavily. That's what you should get when I say that. That you could literally read their books and reconstruct a large portion of the New Testament just from their books. They're quoting Scripture when they're writing, right? When you say early leaders, you mean like the Matthew, Mark? No, so, so, no, we're talking about the, from them... So from the from the close of scripture, right? From the close of what we would call canon, like people writing, like I'm going to air quotes commentary because that's not necessarily what it is. They were just writing, right? Like if you were to the equivalent of like take my sermons, right, or take Dustin's sermons, right, and then you were to look at like the content of that written down. Like if you were to take that, you could reconstruct from the early church leaders, those came who came after, who were essentially like handed the baton, that next generation to to lead the church, you could reconstruct at least half of the New Testament. Right? They were so close to Scripture that you could reconstruct half of the New Testament from it. Some estimates, like I say, would say you could reconstruct as high as like 75% of the New Testament just from the quotations that the early church follows. Do you think that they thought Scripture was necessary? Do you think that they thought Scripture was sufficient? 100% they did. And then we come into those the the kind of the early Middle Ages, and something started something started happening around about this time. But in the early in the early Middle Ages, we find like Thomas Aquinas, and this is a quote from Thomas Aquinas. Um, he said, "It is necessary for the salvation of man that certain truths which exceed human reason should be made known to him by divine revelation." He's speaking about Scripture there. So in the latter part of the Middle Ages, um, something happened, right? So we're talking about the church is established now. Um, the Roman Catholic Church is, is growing in power, growing in, growing in influence, and a couple of different things came in that shifted their focus away from what we would call, what I would call like sufficient, um, the sufficiency of Scripture and the necessity of Scripture. Um, so kind of two things two things started happening. So as the church began to be attacked by outsiders, as it began to be attacked, and I'm, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about like ideologically, right? Like, like as heresy started to come up in the church, one of the ways that they, would, that they would approach it is that they would say, well, here's what the Bible says and here's what the church has said. Now, I want you all to take note that this is what I'm doing here, right? Like we're asking that same question today. What what has the church said? So so they they were doing this. Like they were, and I and I would say that they were doing it properly. That that's how like we that is a good approach. Like I want to fact check myself by others that love Jesus, right? But something happened along the way to where that be, that became the crutch, right? Like if I were gonna and I'm gonna air quote this again. Like I'm if I'm gonna quote the Bible to you, I'm gonna quote John MacArthur to you. Right? Like where there was an over-reliance on what others had said as to what Scripture had said. Right? So we've got this over-reliance on tradition that's growing during this time. We've got um, kind of this power structure of the church which can't be ignored either. But then we also have... 
during during this time there began to be and we talked about this uh, in in a class or two back there began to be this idea that there were oral traditions passed down from Jesus to the apostles from the apostles to the the early church fathers from the early church fathers to the bishops of the church that the bishops that the Catholic Church had in its possession from the leadership's perspective secret hidden wisdoms of God right oral traditions not written down so the only way that you could get to it is if you come to us because somebody told me so I have these oral traditions that have passed down you don't have them you can't fact check me because they didn't pass them on to you you just have to believe what I'm telling you right so we've got this this heavy weight that's coming in on one side that's tradition 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 right we've got this other weight that's coming in as well that is uh, I've got this secret knowledge that you weren't aware of Right? You're just going to have to take my word for it. And then these things kind of form together and over time, generations and generations, there comes to be what we, what to, to this day is the, the way that the Catholic Church runs things, right? Like that the, that the Pope or that the, uh, councils can decree truths from God apart from the Word of God itself, right? So like there's, we see the end of that, right? We see what happens there. So, so, um, from this, as this is happening throughout, throughout history, we also find that, um, the written Word like certain events take place that the written word starts to be uh, there's the, the ability for it to kind of proliferate them right like like the ability to have written word like dispersed in in massive quantities easily uh, easily like the the ability to have books like we have before it's like we take that for granted but you imagine if you if books were just now a thing so that everybody could take a bible home with them right like so you start having this like the these this established church and now people are starting to look at the book starting to question things you've got culture that's that's that in the time of the reformation that's that's causing the the reformers to think let's go back and look let's go back and check let's look at the original sources let's let's look at these things and what they realize as they're doing that and i want to quote a couple of quotes real quick from uh martin luther who is uh who's probably the guy that that legitimately like kicked off the reformation here um so this is what luther as he's coming and as he's reading these things, this is what this is some of the things that he had to say when when reflecting on the way that the church was working and and what he saw when he uh, looked at scripture itself. And let's realize that, that that these these events that took place during this time are the reason that we're in a Protestant church today, right? Like like these events triggered off that chain in history, right? So Luther says this: a simple layman armed with scripture is to be believed above a pope or a council without it whoa man <laughs> well you can see why he got himself into some tr- into some trouble with those kind of words right no so so he said this and this is not the full quote either so he said a simple layman armed with scriptures to be believed above a pope or a council without it as for the pope's degrees decrees on indulgences i say that neither the church nor the pope can establish articles of faith they must come from scripture for the sake of scripture we should reject pope and councils like this man is standing on scripture alone basing i mean 
like I'm, I, whenever I whenever I read this, like the more that I consider what he was doing and what he was standing against when he was doing doing this, like this is this is I could I could think of it as no other thing than God working in time and history um, to bring about to bring about change in His church and His people. Another. Uh, another quote that that comes from Luther here, and, and this is the quote: "Unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the Pope and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot, and I will not recant anything. For I do, for I go against conscience. For to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me." Amen. I want to read that. I want to read that one more time. Um, so we should understand that that he's coming under persecution from the established church, um, and this is this is kind of when he's when he's saying uh, this particular quote. So unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe god help me amen um so this is the this is the mind of the reformers right and then i quoted from uh calvin and calvin's uh perspective earlier i'll read it again so scripture he says scripture is the school of the holy spirit just as nothing is omitted that is both necessary and useful to know so nothing is taught except what is expedient To know, so during the Reformation, a, a kind of a, a principle emerged, the principle of Scripture alone, sola scriptura. Um, so, and, and this is this is essentially so Scripture and Scripture alone is the source and standard for the Christian faith. Um, and this principle um, is due to the sufficiency of Scripture itself. Uh, another another thought towards this is just as a pair of glasses is needed to see clearly, Scripture is necessary to know God as He has revealed Himself. These are some of kind of the ideas that emerged out of the Reformation. These are the ideas that shaped history, that's brought us to where we are today. Like we flow in that stream of thought um, that Scripture is sufficient. Um, and and um, we we kind of stand in opposition to what the uh, as as Martin Luther did when 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 he was reading and the Holy Spirit convicted his heart. We would say the same. Uh, we would say the same thing today that a simple layman armed with Scripture is to be believed above a pope or a council without it. So is Scripture sufficient? Is Scripture necessary? Uh, you better you better believe it. Um, so we'll we'll close uh, we'll close with that. Um, and uh, next week we'll we'll begin kind of a new section. Um, if you're in the systematic theology book, following along, um, we'll be kind of getting into the major section of the doctrine of God next week. Um, so I'm going to close with that.